is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. It's game week, people. Welcome back to another episode of Around the Four One. I was looking for my towel real quick. Yeah. Oh man, that would have been so good <laughs> if you were on the YouTube. But yes, this is another episode of Around the Four One Two. Obviously, if you, it's the Steelers episode, we're in week one. I'm Tyler. That's Smitty. Go follow us on all of our social medias at Around the Four One Two. Go subscribe to the YouTube if you if you didn't miss it. I was just singing that. Um, I'm sure that it will be clipped. I'm sure it'll be great. But you know, go check out some. Might of the be the new intro for the Steelers show. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> go check out some of the links that we have in the description of each of these shows. Whether you're on YouTube or the listening platforms, we've got our year six of rocking around the four one two going. Um, over the past five years, we've helped raise over twenty five thousand dollars to help kids provide Christmas for them in our local seven two four and four one two area codes, as well as partnering with the East Rochester Salvation Army to adopt kids off of their angel tree and provide Christmas for some of those kids as well. Because smack, I was gonna, I was going to say Zachary because I was looking at your name, but I never call yeah. you Zach. Maybe I should put uh, Smitty, yeah. so, so that was a little odd, but yeah, no, Smitty and I never really had to worry about where Christmas was coming uh, from growing up. So We've been able to give, do this mission with the help of all of you, so go check that out. We also have the Everything Custom Design links in the description of this show and all the other shows as well. It's our friend Haley Wagner, her her clothing custom designs. You can hit her up. Go and, and literally everything custom designs, that's what it means. Like She will customize whatever you want for her, except for hats, because we still can't get hats. We're going to nope. still mention it, Haley, until it can happen. <laughs> no. Absolutely. I also want to mention that this episode, even though it's the Steelers show, I feel like fans of just the NFL in general are going to have something to listen for here. We're going to be putting out our predictions for the NFL season in this one, and that is playoff teams as well as awards. We will get to that a little bit later, but I'm very excited about that. It will put us on record as what we think is going to happen so we can look back at it down the line. So mark the date. Here we are, September 5th, 2023, recording end of the season we can come back and look at it um some Steelers stuff to take care of though some news and notes uh we didn't get to talk about Desmond King Steelers signed him the day after we recorded I did mention his name on last week's episode as a guy I would like to see them target as he was released by the Texans comes to fruition they sign him really excited about what he can bring to the slot I think specifically I do think they can move him to the outside um he's shown the capability to do both those like last year first half of the season played inside then they kick him to the outside um so he can do both but i think for this team specifically i would be looking at him as contributing in the slot i think once he gets acclimated tomlin spoke today and said they really didn't have a role for him yet he just got here but i think once he gets acclimated i'm looking at him as the rundown slot for sure it really seems like patrick peterson is their three down nickel so i mean mm-hmm. i have to roll with that being the case um for as long as the team is going to. So I'm looking at Desmond King at least as like an early down slot um, that's going to help out against the run. I really hope they use him as a blitzer more than Houston did last year. He had been utilized in that way every year of his career, really until last year, but really good player. And I think a nice answer to probably what was the biggest question mark remaining for us. It's funny how like we bring something up, say it's a huge question mark. Omar Khan just checks the box. Yeah. I think that in this granted, this name has been thrown around a lot, so I'm not going to take credit for coming up with it. But this could be a a pseudo like Mike Hilton type of player that you're you're getting um, in this signing. It's someone that is not going to come in and play like a ton of snaps right away. Like he had, like you said, he has to get acclimated to what the Steelers are doing. But that is mm-hmm. somebody that's going to be able to come in and compete for those snaps as the season progresses in that nickel spot, specifically in those run situations. I'm excited about this. I think that this is just shoring up some of the the depth at those corners positions. And it's still bringing a lot of what of this offseason was, a lot of veteran presence in that secondary. I, I feel very comfortable at least where the mentality is among all these players in the secondary. It's guys that have been there and done that. They've done it for a long time. And they've done it at a high level. Um, I mean, Desmond King. Also, we, we were touching on the secondary. I guess if, if Calvin Austin doesn't work out he, in a pinch, he could be the returner as well. He's has some experiences yeah. in that as too. So, yeah, I, I, I think the signing is great. And if anything, it just provides more depth. And you mentioned you touched on him 
like potentially going to the outside if you need him to. I mean, I hope that our depth never gets to this position where you you absolutely have to have him go out to the outside. But it is nice to know that you have a guy that has some uh, some experience in both inside and outside corner preferably want him to be inside the entire season but to have a guy that is able to have the experience to be able to go outside in a pinch that just makes for some better depth in that secondary yeah actually you mentioned the return stuff return to touchdown against the Steelers for the Chargers in 2018 um so yeah I'm excited about him we'll see how quickly we can get him on the field I would say I, I expect to see him in some capacity in week one against San Fran I just don't know to the extent that we will see him out there. It's not going to be like Minka against San Fran with his first game. Uh, It's actually (laughs) funny that 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 was his first game too, Um, but it's Mm -hmm. not going to be like that where we interviewed him after. And I was like, Minka, did they just basically like throw you in there? And like, obviously he studied the playbook, but no, he was playing pretty much every down. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It also came out this week. The captains of the team, Kenny Pickett, one of four Steelers captains. They only go with four. Last year, they did have five. It was uh, Mitch and Najee on the offense. This year, just Kenny on the offense. Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and then Miles Killebrew, the special teams captain. Um, I'm not reading into this, and I, I don't know where your mind is at with it, but I really think what it is with Pickett being a captain and Najee not being after that he was last year was last year. I think they had to go with five because Mitch was the starting quarterback, but you felt at some point that wasn't going to be the case. And it would be pretty awkward for your only offensive captain to be your backup quarterback. Like that's pretty weird. Um, So I think Najee was just because of the situation that there currently was at quarterback, not to say Najee can't be a captain. If they would have named him a captain again, that would have been fine. I think he's going to be, you know, depending on how long his career in Pittsburgh is, I think he very well could be a captain down the line. I'm not reading into this and like, because I know people are going to make a storyline of this. Like, oh, how is he not a captain now after being one last year? Is this even more telling of a reduced role? And, you know, all this other stuff that collectively people are going to try to make a storyline with Najee. Yeah, which I think is just an absolute joke. I mean, I'm going to basically ignore all the aspect with Najee and talk about what this means for Kenny. Yeah. I think this just this just means for what it he is the guy that we thought we were that we were getting, and he's the guy that we knew we were getting out of pit. We knew that what the type of leader he was when he was coming out of pit. And it obviously he wasn't gonna be a captain from year one. He wasn't even the starter in the first game last year, so that makes complete sense. But now that Kenny has taken over that starting spot. Of course, you're expecting the starting quarterback to be a leader on your team. And the fact that that's, that's how highly of the teammates think of him, not just as the starting quarterback, but in year two, um, somebody that young to be able to be a leader of that offense and leader of your team in general, that just speaks to what we already knew about Kenny. And that's to take nothing away from Najee, like you were saying. Like it, it, My thoughts on this has nothing to do with Najee and his – his outlook on this team and what he's going to provide for this team in 2023 and has everything to do with like saying how I think about Kenny and, and how much of a leader I think he is to this team. And it just goes to show what we thought we were getting from Kenny in year two, we were, we're, we're getting right away. And so the, the t- rest of the team is thinking that as well. That's what I'm taking away from it. Nothing against Najee. Yeah, I mean, and the people that, like you you brought up, quarterback as a captain, I, I feel like that happens more often than not. But if you look at the draft class that Kenny came out of, Desmond Ritter's not a captain for the Falcons. Sam Howell, the commanders, I, I've just looked. I haven't seen them announce their captains yet, but I would be kind of surprised if he was. Obviously, Malik Willis isn't a starter in Tennessee. He's not a captain. I mean, like, it, it, for a year two quarterback, first time as a starter, it's not necessarily just like, okay, put it in pen. This guy's a or put it in Sharpie, this guy's a captain for the team. So I think right. it is just, you know, a a show of where Kenny is at and how much, you know, command he has of this locker room and how much respect he just, he's earned. I'm not even going to say has been given, he's earned through his short time so far with the Steelers. But I'm glad that you pivoted so quickly away from the Najee thing because that's where I was hoping you, you would go. I tweeted about it. I hope it's not really a storyline, even though I know that it's going to be. Um do you think okay let's let's stick along here with the the whole picket thing because i think he's a big reason for this about a month ago no one was talking about the steelers they go through the preseason pretty much flawlessly at least from what the starters showed on the field through three preseason games all of a sudden most people have them in the playoffs there's an N- a former nfc exec that says he's their he's his they're his pick to go to the super bowl representing the afc do you think that okay 
there there was a nice middle ground probably for the Steelers. But do you think now it's gone to the other side where maybe the the hype is too much? People are going overboard with the hype right now. You know, I I, I thought about this, and the first thing I thought of was like, how is does this compare to years prior? So I, I think back to like 2022, 2021, what were the Steelers looking like in, in the scope of a national sense in the seasons before 2023? And they were pretty low. I mean, there were a lot of people picking them to finish last in their division. A lot of people then them to be picking their, their first losing season, which obviously that didn't happen either of those years. Last in the division didn't happen either of those years. Last so division has happened since the late '80s. Like it's funny. Yeah. Like until it happens, no one should be picking it to happen. Like, exactly. And so, me looking at this, I'm like, should I think that it's flipped? And should I think that this is basically the the counterpart to what's been happening over the last couple years, where instead of being on one end of the spectrum for the national media, they're on the complete opposite side and they're being overhyped? There's probably some some truth to that I, I mean based off of the preseason that they had the the one specifically had almost a flawless preseason you couldn't have asked for a better uh, especially offensively you couldn't have asked for anything better for than what you saw from your ones in the preseason so maybe that is driving that that home that that they are being a little bit overrated but I do think that the Steelers just in in general the difference was not only did they get better um, and perform better in the preseason from what we saw on the field. But like, I think that there's a lot of stock to be said for what we have talked about on the show about how they improve the team, the positions that what they improved the team, the guys they brought in in the offseason, the guys they drafted. I feel like there's a lot of stock into saying that the hype is real for, for a lot of what Steeler fans and national media are saying. I, I think that this team is vastly improved from last season. And that's a season, and that's a season where the team finished on a high note. So I, I don't know if I necessarily believe some of the hype, although I guess we'll get into my predictions later, so we'll, we'll find out. Um, but I do think that there, there's definitely a, a little bias coming from the national media, in, specifically based off of the preseason. I would say that first and foremost. Like, that is definitely going to sway viewers. And everybody knows, too, like, and we've talked about this on the show, People are going to talk negatively about the Steelers because it will get clicks. People are also going to talk positively about the Steelers because it will also get clicks. So maybe that has to do with something with it as well. Like maybe people people want to to get better ratings. So saying the Steelers are going to do well will boost those up. Um, I, I think I fall somewhere in the middle where I think there is some truth to what is being said, like I was saying, with like bringing in guys on, on the offensive line like Isaac Smallow and improving their improving defensively, improving their skills positions. I, I just feel like this is a team that um, they have reasons to buy into the hype. They're not a team that is is being falsely pushed a narrative by the media. Uh, and, and maybe they don't like win their division like some people are saying, or maybe they aren't a play a playoff team, or maybe they're not necessarily as good as they're going to be um, on paper from what people are saying. But I do think that there is some stock to put into this team is vastly improved, and I think that they are going to show that this season. I also think people are more willing to talk about them in a positive light because it's such a likable group compared to past years. I mean, I, let's just say it. Ben Roethlisberger didn't have many fans, especially within the national media. So to cover him, even when things were going as well as possible for the Steelers, you know, even like those, the killer bees years and stuff like that. I, I don't think that they were ever looked at from a national perspective as like legit Super Bowl contenders. It was always like, ah, uh, they're a peg below the Patriots, which I mean, I ended mean, up being true. 2017 yeah, so. showed that. So, um, but I think now with how likable this team is, I, I think people are more willing to cover them positively and buy into the hype of the team. And that's because you got, it's just a breath of fresh air with what this team brings to you from that perspective. You don't have Antonio Brown. You don't have Ben Roethlisberger. You don't have that bad taste in your mouth of Steelers past teams. People from the outside really like a lot of these players. I have people that will like text me that are Browns fans and be like, man, I want to hate the Steelers so bad. And like, as a team, I hate the team. I hate the logo. 
There's not a single player on that team that I can say I really hate besides TJ Watt, and it's only because he's so good. Right. Like that's that's what it is. And 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 you mentioned Ben. I mean, let's just talk about the the quarterback that we have now that we've already touched on a lot. I feel mm-hmm. like Kenny Pickett, while there are a lot of people who, especially like people who are very um into the analytical sense of, of the game, they there's not a lot that they like about Kenny Pickett, or at least going into last season, there wasn't a ton that they liked about Kenny Pickett as a starter. But I think if you take away that and you just look at Kenny Pickett, the player and his story and him coming and playing at Pitt and then being in Pittsburgh and how hard of a worker he is, Kenny Pickett is a very likable guy in in that sense. You don't have to like his skill set as a starter um, and then say you don't like him as a a guy and as a player himself. Like those can be two separate things. And I feel like from that sense too, I mean, going from Ben to Kenny – is a very drastic change in, in what your starting quarterback is. And so, yeah, I think that from even the, the main guy on your offense, it is a 180 change from a national perspective of how people felt about him. Also, I don't know if you saw AB said today, he thinks he has CTE. Go figure. Yeah. Shocker. <laughs> um. Anyway. Okay. So, Let's get into some stuff like, okay, 49ers here week one. I want to talk about that before we get into our season long predictions. So week one predictions now, uh, if you guys listen to my other podcast, it was afternoon drive. I've kind of already dropped my final score prediction for this game, even though I probably should have waited for Friday to do that. But I had Nick Faribault on today and he, he was asked in, we put out questions for Twitter to ask us and somebody asked us for predictions. So, you know, they got it out of me, but I got 24, 20 here. in favor of the Steelers and I think it's kind of the perfect storm for the Steelers we don't know that Nick Bose is even going to be in the stadium George Kittle very questionable if he's going to play Brock Purdy still even though like he's very clearly going to be the starter uh, he's been on a pitch count like even still through practice this week so we'll see if that changes if he gets fully ramped up there's just a lot of question marks I have about this San Fran team right now And on the opposite end of that, I feel like the Steelers are coming in humming based off that preseason that they just had. And also you look at past the past couple of years, beating the Bills, beating the Bengals, the Steelers have beaten better teams in week one than they ended up being because the Steelers, at least to start the season, come in more prepared. You look at past San Fran teams, Shanahan, who doesn't run the preseason the same way that Tomlin does, his teams can be a little bit slow out of the gates. So I feel like this is kind of a perfect storm for the Steelers right now to get this one. And I like the matchups they have in some key spots, too. I think Traverius Ward for them is a very good corner. He's the only corner on that team that I really like. Who's he going to cover? Is he going to shadow either George Pickens or Deontay Johnson? Because the other one should be in line for a huge game, if that's the case. I really like how Pittsburgh matches up with San Fran's offensive line, especially Cam Hayward going against like Aaron Banks on the inside. I think he's going to have a field day. Um, I, I just think that defensive line in general is going to have a really nice day. And some predictions I have for individuals, I think Connor Hayward scores a touchdown. I think Deontay Johnson scores a touchdown and gets one when he had zero all of last season. He gets one right up, right out the gates this year. And I think TJ Watt has an interception like he got from, you know, Joe Burrow last year, right at the line of scrimmage, jumping up because Purdy likes to get rid of the ball very quick. So I, I guess that's more of like the – well, Connor Hayward's scoring touchdowns kind of bold too, but T.J. Watt interception at the line of scrimmage is kind of like my bold prediction for something that happens in this game. You know, I, I'll start off right away saying that you should take your life savings and hammer it on that over 27.5 receiving yards for George Pickens. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's actually going to be on a sports book. because So that's on – if you if there's a uh, app called Action that like you can track bets on. Like and I saw Action that on Network. there. Yeah, then I saw that on there, and I was like, I hurried up and like put it in, and I was like checking available sports books, and the lowest number that I could find on an actual sports book was like thirty nine and a half. Okay, I still like that number, but yeah, I, I mean twenty twenty seven and a half is one catch. Yeah, yeah, honestly, especially for how George George is catching those those balls in the preseason and what we saw him do last season. Yeah, that that's essentially one catch for for Pickens. I, I, I think that the wide receivers in the passing game is going to really excel in this game for the Steelers, and the, it's going to be a continuation of what we saw in the preseason. Uh, if there's going to be struggling somewhere in the offense, I feel like it is going to be in the run game a little bit just because I feel like uh, you know the front seven for 
San Francisco is is pretty stout, and so I can see them even without Bosa. Yeah, I mean, even without Bosa, I think I still think it's going to be one of the better front sevens they're going to face all season long. And so, if you're going to struggle somewhere offensively, it's going to be in the run game. Hopefully, that by the committee, Najee and and Jalen can figure that out. But I do think that the passing game is an opportunity for for them to really push the ball down the field and for Kenny to do it in a real game. Um, like we saw in the preseason, do it in a game that counts now and really stretch the field with some of his passing plays. And I agree. I, I think that the the front line of the, the Steelers defense is going to perform really well. I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to have a tough time running inside. He might have to bounce everything outside. I just feel like every Steelers are going to do a really good job of swallowing everything up and bringing the play inside. Um, I, I think that the the my biggest concern is probably the linebackers in over the middle of the middle of the field for the Steelers. Well, you mentioned I, McCaffrey. I, I, that, I have a bigger I have a bigger concern with what he's going to do on like Texas routes, wheel routes. Yeah, what he's going to do as a pass catcher. Yeah, I I I think that I I feel comfortable with the secondary um in, in this game with being able to cover guys like Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Um, but the, over the middle, I, I just think about what what Christian McCaffrey can do, what George Kittle can do. I, I, I think the the, the linebacker is going to be in for a day, um, and hopefully they, they step up to the challenge. As far as individual um, stats go, I think Kenny's going to going to throw for three touchdowns in this game, and those are going to be all the touchdowns. I think he'll be, but I think he'll okay. throw for three. And if you want specific guys, I'm going to say one is going to be to Allen Robinson. And then two mm. are going to be to Deontay Johnson. That's funny because uh, Nick said Deontay Johnson's gonna catch two. Oh, touchdowns. did he? Yeah. I, I just he's so due. I mean, he's a he's a season mm-hmm. overdue. So how can I not <laughs> pick him? Um yeah. so yeah, and then and then as far as defensively, I'm going to say that Patrick Peterson gets his first interception as a stealer. Okay. Um yeah, he said Minka for an interception, which Come on, Nick. Give us something a little bit more bold. Uh, I I think the one guy in offense that you're going to look at a statistical perspective and be a little bit bummed out about by his week one performance, and this isn't a season-long thing. I really like him to have a nice season, is Pat Fryermuth. I don't think he has a big week one, and I I hope that people don't worry about it because I look at what San Fran's going to be able to match up with him with. I mean, Fred Warner, I think he's going to see a lot of him. I think Talanoa Hufanga is going to see a lot of him as well. So I think uh, between Hufanga and Warner – they're gonna be able to limit Fryermuth pretty well, and Kenny's gonna look in other directions um, to get to get his. So, I would say that's the one guy to me that probably have a little bit disappointed week one. I don't know if you have somebody that you think whether it's like you said in the run game. I guess I, th- I think Najee's gonna have a disappointing week one. Yeah, um, and I don't think it's gonna be necessarily like anyone's fault. I just think for how good San Fran's defensive front is, I think old friend even though Hardgrave, even even if his actual end of game doesn't look that bad like if he has like 80 to 90 yards on the ground Mm -hmm. which isn't terrible I feel like the yards per carry is going to be really what's what makes it look really bad because I don't think that it's going to be a high volume that gets him to those like 90 yards on the ground it's not going to be the big chunk plays that you would hope to see yeah that's fair I'm really excited for this game though I think it's a great benchmark to see where the Steelers are at against what I think is going to be a really good team. Uh, speaking of really good teams, do we have them in the playoffs? Let's see. Uh, let's talk about the NFC first. Let's dive into it. Um, I'll start. We'll go through the division winners first, and then obviously we have three wild cards as well. Uh, this one may be the easiest one for me to pick. NFC East, I got the Eagles coming out of it, who represented the NFC in the Super Bowl last year. I think they got the easiest path um, to get back there as well. I mean, I don't want to spoil my Super Bowl prediction here, but I think the Eagles very well could be back in the Super Bowl. R- rosters just still so good. I know they lost some pieces. Obviously, they lost both coordinators, although I don't think that they're that upset, at least from people that I've talked to that are fans and cover the team, about the defensive coordinator leaving to become the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, obviously, lost Javon Hardrave. lost uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They were able to retain both their corners, though, which I think was big for them. Um, Because I didn't think that that was going to happen. Obviously, I think we talked about the Steelers draft. Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith, right off the bat for them, are going to pay huge dividends. And we'll see if we end up talking about either of those guys a little bit later on. Um, But yeah, I got the Eagles winning the NFC East. What say you? I have the same thing. I feel like that's the most obvious pick in... Honestly, all of football. Um, I, I just think that even though the the NFC East, when you look at the NFC, is the most stacked division, I still feel like the Eagles are the easiest pick. 
I think that they have the best offense in in in, in the NFC. I think they have one of the most stout defenses. I mean, they they practically have a Georgia defense. Um, that's the, Georgia is the pipeline for Philly. So I yeah, I think that the Eagles and and Jalen Hurts. That's just such an easy pick for the NFC. Yeah, um, our cousins, maybe brothers of the NFC, the NFC North. I get the Detroit Lions. I mentioned this, I feel like, a couple weeks ago when, for whatever reason, it somehow got brought up that I think they win this division by, like, two games. I'm buying in on the Detroit Lions. I really like the way that they finished last year. I felt like they were kind of the Steelers of the NFC last year with the way they finished. I think they also finished, like, 7-2 and two in their last nine. Finished, uh, or, uh, sorry, missed the playoffs by one game. Um, came down to Seattle winning to get that last spot, even though Detroit beat Green Bay to give Seattle that spot because if Green Bay would have beat Detroit, they would have gotten it. So Aaron Rodgers going out on a low note. Also love that. Uh, but yeah, I, I love what Detroit's really building there. And uh, I think within that division, expecting Green Bay to take a step back. The Vikings, I think they have the offense. Don't know that they have the defense to compete for the division. So yeah, I got the Lions here winning this division. I think the Vikings are your probably only true threat to the Lions in that division. And I also have the Lions winning the division. I think that Dan Campbell is doing great things in Detroit. He's building a really good team over the last couple seasons and continuing to grow on the seasons that he's had. So I, I, I think that I echo everything that you just said. And I just I love what they are doing. I like the first couple picks in this year's draft with Jameer Gibbs. Well, I, I like Jameer Gibbs as a player. I don't like where they picked him. But when I look at how he fits in Detroit's system, I, I do like what they're probably going to do with him. I love the Brian Branch pick. Um, and I, I, I like Jack Campbell as well. Um, so I, I, I think that Detroit is probably it, – it's, it's a toss-up between them and the Vikings, but I also have Detroit winning that division. Well, it was, so and they also got Sam Laporta. So it's like you look at yeah. maybe the positional value and it's not like great, but they've got like four or five guys that are going to start immediately for that football team within this draft mm -hmm. class. So, I mean, I guess I get the line of thinking there, especially within that division. They feel like they're ready to go. Uh, NFC West, I'm going with the team, the Steelers, see week one, the 49ers. Now, I think a lot of those things I mentioned about why I feel like it's the perfect recipe for the Steelers to win week one. I think the 49ers are going to have answers to those as the season goes on. They're still clearly the best team in that division to me. Um, all credit to the Seahawks. You obviously had Geno Smith do what he did last year and are a really good team Can never really count out Pete Carroll. Um, but I like the 49ers roster top to bottom. I think the biggest question is just is Brock Purdy for real. And even if he's not in Kyle Shanahan's system, they don't ask too much of their quarterback. So assuming that, you know, they get the Nick Bosa deal done at some point, uh, assuming that George Kittle gets that groin right, I, I, I think that they're too talented of a roster. I get them winning their division. Man, this is a boring segment so far because I so have far, the exact same so thing. I have the exact same thing. I do have the 49ers winning their division. And then look, Look at the NFC West. They have two of the bottom two rosters in the entire National Football League in that division, with, with the exception of the Seahawks also being in that division. But I do think that Geno Smith is going to take a step back from what he was last season. And so I don't think that they're going to be able to to keep up with what San Franklin is doing with Kyle Shanahan. Like you said, it doesn't matter really who's who's playing quarterback for San Francisco. They've got so many West weapons on, offensively and with that system it will, they'll just work it out. And I, I, they were able to get to a, a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. They were able to get to an NFC championship with Brock Purdy. I have no, um, no, no lack of faith in Kyle Shanahan to be able to win this division again, even if it was with Brock Purdy. All right. Maybe we have a different one here. The winner of the NFC South. This one was tough for me. And I was between two teams, ended up going with a team that I feel like has the better quarterback, uh, at least right now. So I went with the New Orleans Saints to win this division. Derek Carr coming into town. Um, Chris Olave, obviously one of the breakout stars from last year. Really good rookie season. Maybe, just maybe, they get something from Michael Thomas this year. I don't know. Uh, I also looked at the defensive side. Cam Jordan's still going strong, even though he's in the twilight of his career. Demario Davis, really good linebacker. You got Marshawn Lattimore. So you got guys at all three levels of this defense. Um, I just think, you know, top to bottom, looking at these teams, I think it's only going to take like eight or nine wins similarly to last year. And I think with what the Saints have bringing Derek Carr into town, there's enough there to win that division. We're not going to differ yet it's because right. I also have the Saints. Um, okay. I, I think this is this is one of the worst divisions in football. 
I, it was really hard for me to pick a winner. And I, 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 to you, I just basically looked at what I thought the rosters had and I thought that they could assemble. I thought the saints could do that. Bringing in Derek Carr. I feel like Derek Carr is actually in, despite his suspension, I feel like bringing in Derek Carr could actually revive Alvin Kamara a little bit um, in, in within the saints offense. I, I feel like he hasn't been the same player since Drew Brees has retired. So maybe bringing yeah. in Derek Carr will be able to revive that a little bit. But I also, speaking of the running backs, I do like them bringing in Jamal Williams, not because I'm biased and a BYU guy, but I just feel like that is a good goal line guy to have scored a ton of touchdowns last year. It wasn't going to, it wasn't because of his long breaking runs is because whenever the lines got in the goal line, that's who they were putting in. I like him. I also like their rookie Kendrick Miller out of TCU. I liked what he did last year. Um, in that national championship run, and then being able to come in and be like that third guy whenever Kamara comes back, I feel like that's a good piece. And then you mentioned the other weapons that they have offensively. Hopefully Michael Thomas is able to to revive his career a little bit and, and finally get to back to maybe not what he did in 2019, but to, to a little bit closer to the receiver that he was when he was a slant god. So I, I do think that the Saints are going to win that division. All right, now let's get some wild cards. Hopefully, at least we got one difference here. We'll see. I don't know that's going to come from this one because I got the Dallas Cowboys, who I think are very clearly the best non-division winning team in the NFC. Uh, say what you want. I'm not necessarily making them like picking them to make a deep playoff run or anything like that. But as far as what they're going to do in the regular season, I think they're very clearly a playoff team in the NFC. I love CeeDee Lamb. I think this is going to be a huge breakout year for him, and I think the addition of Brandon Cooks is only going to help him. Micah Parsons, maybe he'll get brought up later. One of the best, if not the best, overall defensive players in football. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, say what you want about him. He does give up a lot of yards. He's also going to take the ball the other way quite a bit. So um, I think there's some dudes on that defense to Demarcus Lawrence. And Dak Prescott's fine. Like, he doesn't turn the ball over nearly as much as he did last year. You look at his career it looks like, at least right now, that was an outlier. I think that's fair to say with all the years that he had where he wasn't turning the ball over. Now, if he does it again this year, then maybe you can say it's becoming a trend. But as far as we're sitting here right now, I think last year was just an anomaly, and I'm expecting him to get back to that like guy that always throws less than 10 picks. I also have the Cowboys. <laughs> we yeah. were, we're not going to differ there. I And I echo all the reasons you said and other guys that they they brought in. Um, like Brandon Cooks. I think that's a good wide receiver three for, for Dallas to have behind CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. And Tony Pollard finally gets to be the guy in that backfield, I which yeah. I think he's he's going to excel in this offense as the sole back. So, yeah, they, they're the best roster that is going to be a wild card team in, in the NFC. Uh, I, got another, I think, once again, similar to last year, we did three NFC East teams because I got the Giants. Brian Dable, love what he did last year. <laughs> love what he did last year oh and man i don't see a reason to think that they're not going to be at least the exact same team and i think saquon another year he's playing for a contract whether that's with the giants or somebody else they bring in darren waller via trade he seems rejuvenated and ready to rock and roll after not ending on the best of terms with the raiders um and I, I just i looked at that roster top to bottom i'm trying to figure out who else is pushing for that but I think that Brian Dable, serious coach of the year candidate last year with what he did with that team. And that's the thing. I mentioned top to bottom the roster, but like it's not like comparatively they are a great roster. I think they're good enough. I just I respect that coaching staff that much. Him, Mike Kafka, Wink Martindale on the defensive side. I think they really got things rolling. I still think they need to add some more juice for sure. But uh, I think they're in a spot to at least make the playoffs for right now. And as do I, as you can tell by me yeah. laughing as soon as you said the Giants. Um, I, right. I think we got, there's only two I, teams I think that could possibly be the seventh seed. So we'll see. Okay. If, so I, I, and I also thought that too, but I do like the Giants. I think that they're vastly improved defensively over the last couple of years. You know, the one position that it, it seems funny to me when I think of like how good is the Giants going to be? Like who, who is, uh, is Daniel Jones going to throw the ball to? Because when I look at their wide receiver room. It's, I'm just kind of like, mm. meh. Like, yeah. you look at their starters, like at least listed on their depth chart, it's Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Isaiah Hodgins, and then you have Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, excuse me, rookie, um, Wandale Robinson out of Kentucky, and Sterling Shepard, who's been there for, he's going to have like a 100-yard game at some point this season for, for some reason. Um, but outside, they also added in Darren Waller, too. So that's an, that's an improvement to tight end. But as far as their receivers goes, it, I feel like it's funny that I'm talking about this team 
as a uh, wild card team, seeing like what the weapons they have offensively outside of Saquon and then probably Darren Waller as well. But I think that speaks to how much their defense has improved, and and I feel like that's the strength of this team definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that they're one of my wild card teams as well. So it's down to Team Seven if we're going to have any mm-hmm. disparity whatsoever. So the NFL is a QB driven league, and that's what it came down to for this seventh team for me because I think there was three. Po- Actually, I said two. I think there was three possible teams that this could have been. It could have been the Packers if Jordan Love is for real. It could have been the Seahawks who were there last year. And we talked about Geno Smith. I don't think that you can ever count out Pete Carroll. Or it could be the team that I picked in the Minnesota Vikings to be the seventh seed <laughs> with Kirk we Cousins. Exact, we have the exact same. We, and I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. Like I, I For those on the YouTube, I, I don't want to like spoil anything on my stuff. But like all my teams are you right can't. there. Okay. Yeah, now you can see it. And the thing yeah. is, too, so uh, you know, breaking the fourth wall here, I had mine done in advance. Tyler did his before we started recording, so we didn't talk about what either of us were picking here. But, yeah, I looked at the Vikings, I, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson. That, to me, is going to be the deciding factor between them and the next team. So I think even while I love the addition of Brian Flores, I don't think there's necessarily enough talent on the defense for them to even be close to league average just yet. Um, I think the offense is going to carry them. I, I huge fan of Kevin O'Connell. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is going to put up numbers. Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, I think has a great chance to thrive as a rookie, as good a chance as anybody else around the league, just because of playing across from Justin Jefferson. KJ Osborne's a nice weapon. They just paid TJ Hawkinson, so he better be a big part of that offense too. So I'm a big fan uh, of Alexander just, Madison, Madison as well. So I was just saying, yeah, he's getting his first crack as like a, a three down guy, a guy that's always been like a fantasy football hero in weeks for Dalvin Cook. I have out, him in our so. dynasty league, so yeah. we'll see how he does. Also, thoughts. Let me know in the comments. Should I tank for Caleb Williams? My team's <laughs> kind of mid. I don't have a QB. My QB two is Sam Howell. So let me know. Uh, anything else to add as to why you picked the Vikings as opposed to the Seahawks or Packers or anybody else? specifically the the teams that i was looking at were the seahawks and the vikings i picked the seahawks or i picked the vikings excuse me because i feel like kirk cousins we know who kirk cousins is was last year an anomaly for geno smith i literally just said that i think he's going to have a regression from what he did last season it's not that i think the seahawks are going to be a bad team i think they might they might just miss by like a game but I, I just believe in what offensively the Vikings have going on with Kirk Cousins. They have the best fantasy football receiver and arguably the best receiver in football in Justin Jefferson. You're adding Jordan Addison amongst other weapons like TJ Hawkinson, KJ Osborne. I feel like that's a good enough roster offensively where that offense can carry them to that seventh wild card spot. I will say the one thing that kind of scares me about that pick and not going with Seattle we mentioned how bad that division was with the top. Like you almost feel like they're gifted four wins between the Cardinals. That's and Rams true. That's a good point. Seahawks. So we'll see, but uh, yeah, I'm going with the Vikings. All right, let's switch gears, go to the AFC. I feel like we got to save the AFC North for last. So we'll start <clears> with the AFC West where it's been the chief division. Is it still going to be? Yeah, it's still yes. going to be because they have Patrick Mahomes. Um, we'll see how many, if at all, Travis Kelsey misses any games um, with a hyperextended knee that just came out today. But like to me, it's just until they don't win that division, they're going to win it every single year that they have Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't even matter what the rest of the roster looks like. Though I do think that they've done some good things and the roster is okay. It's nowhere close to where it was if Patrick Mahomes first came there. He's at this point carrying the entire team on his shoulders. Um, but yeah, I, I too hard to not pick them to just run it back in the West again. Yeah, and I agree uh, wholeheartedly. I think that the only question mark I'll have eventually is like, all right, whenever Travis Kelsey hangs him up and uh, Mahomes is literally surrounded by a bunch of who's, um, then will they win the division? And I still think they'll pick them to win the division until they, they don't. Yeah. Um, but I mean, honestly, looking at the roster, you, you have who, who who's wide receiver one, Sky Moore or Mar- Marquez Valding Scandling. Like <laughs> if if Valdez Scantling's gonna play like he did in the playoffs last year, probably oh, him. True. But I that's I true. think that they have very high hopes for Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony full season there, and even Justin Ross, who was, you know, because of medical stuff, kind of just fell into their lap. I, I think he's a guy to watch too because it was certainly not for a lack of talent that he fell into their lap. Yeah, but I, 
But either so, I mean, those aren't guys that you're talking about as a number one literally anywhere else. Like, Yeah, I was talking – I touched on how the Eagles are the easiest pick to say to win their division in the NFC. The Chiefs are the easiest pick to say to win their division in the NFL. Until further notice, that I feel like that yeah. is the case. Yeah, yeah, I it's hard to disagree with that. Though I had a very easy time picking this one. The AFC South, I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who won it last year. I don't think it's going to be nearly as close as last year. How they win it this year, I think that they've kind of. I think this is the year they cement themselves amongst the upper echelon teams of the AFC. Uh, expecting Trevor Lawrence to take another leap. Love Doug Peterson and what he's brought to that team. Like Philly's obviously done fine. You looked at, they just got to the Super Bowl last year with Nick Sirianni. That's great for them. But man, I, I feel like Doug Peterson was kind of done dirty in Philly. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to see him have another shot here and succeeding in Jacksonville. Getting Calvin Ridley. We'll see how much juice he still has. Mm-hmm. Um, I would bet on him having a pretty nice season there in Jacksonville. Uh, they bring back Evan Ingram. And uh, I just like the roster they're building in Jacksonville. So, what are you smirking at? Because I said I would bet on Calvin Ridley having a nice season. Oh, Calvin Ridley was suspended for <laughs> that was a that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. I he's stuck be- in a little Easter egg there for people. Yeah, yeah. He's betting on himself. Um, I I, I think that I, I agree. I mean, I, I I definitely agree. That's who I. Picked. We're gonna have some differences um, here in the AFC. I, I'm willing to bet that as well. Probably. Um, but but I did pick the Jags. I feel like this is an easy pick in that division yeah. trevor lawrence I, he, he took a big leap in year two i feel like he's going to grow on that in year three especially with getting um with, with calvin ridley into the fold I, I i like the roster a lot especially compared to their peers within that division it is one of the better rosters in that division and so yeah i think the jags are the easy pick uh afc east could have a difference here because one of these teams is getting a lot of hype but I'm still going with the Bills to win this division. Um, again, it's it's kind of looking at it the same way. I'm not going to say the exact same way as the Chiefs, but like Josh Allen is unbelievable. And I think that he is capable of winning this division, not on his own, but I, I think the team's good enough. But they're, they still should be the favorites to me. Like until I see the Jets knock them off, I'm not willing to go there with them yet. Um, so I, I'm I'm excited about this Bills team. Now, will they make noise in the playoffs? That's the thing. Like getting to the playoffs is not going to be enough anymore. They need to make a deep playoff run. The time is now for them. Or we're really going to start having some conversations about the Bills. I I too am picking the Bills, and I will say I'm not buying into the hype uh, with the Jets. I'm just not, and I feel like that is in part to Aaron Rodgers in New York, like. This dude won back-to-back MVPs a couple years ago. Packers were still mid in the playoffs. They didn't do anything. So why am I buying into the hype that it's suddenly going to change in New York? Um, I understand he has got some nice weapons. Like he has Garrett Wilson. Um, Brees Hall's coming off of an ACL. So how much do I trust that that running back room? I I I I think that the Jets are going to be a solid team. I, I think they're definitely going to be improved off of what they were with Aaron Rodgers. But I'm just not ready to buy into the hype just because you you added one player. Granted, it is a big player, but uh, it's all of your hype is basically being being hung on the head of one player. Yeah. All right. And then the AFC North. This is going to be the tough one. I'm going with the Bengals to win the division. Still, um, I, I got to see that. Somebody said like you know every team in the division has kind of had like these two year runs. And the Bengals have obviously won the division now two years in a row. So theoretically, it shouldn't be them that win the division. I just I know there was some turnover in the safety room on the back end of that defense, but like top to bottom, they still get the best roster in the AFC North, in my opinion. And they got the best quarterback in the division, in my opinion, in Joe Burrow. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago, where it's like not even because of any elite physical traits that he has. He's just he might be the best quick processor in the game right now and that includes Patrick Mahomes I think mm-hmm. Burrow processes a little bit better so I think uh, for me it's it's still the Bengals division right now until it's not our first difference it finally happened what seven three this is our 11th pick of a team for the playoffs mm-hmm. this season and I am picking your Pittsburgh Steelers to win the division um 
you, we talked about am I buying into the hype or are we buying into the hype of the Steelers? I feel like mm-hmm. this is obviously a yes. Um, but I also <laughs> look at the season that they have, like the schedule that they have. I feel like the teams that they're playing, especially in the middle and later half of the season, outside of the division opponents, I feel like they are tend to be easier games. I like the home games that they have. Like I, I am really buying into not just the Steelers roster itself and how they play, but when you include the schedule that they have, I am going to buy in to the Steelers winning this division. Maybe that is a little hometown bias in me, but I do like what I see on the field, but also in the future of what we have to play. I feel like one of us had to do it. So there it is. Uh, first wild card. Now's the time for me to say your Pittsburgh Steelers. I still think they're a playoff team. Like I, I think yeah. that they're right there with the Bengals. I think they're going to compete for the division. I just lean the Bengals uh, down the stretch, even though I think the Steelers could get off to the better start between the two. Um, I like the Steelers to win 10 plus games this year. And I think that comfortably is going to be a playoff team just because of how competitive the AFC is going to be. I think a lot of teams are going to be within like that nine to 10, eight, nine, 10 mix. Um, I think the Steelers, top to bottom, Kenny Pickett takes a leap. George Pickens takes another leap. Deontay Johnson scores a few touchdowns this year. Um, the offensive line is improved. I think that the defensive line is going to really make life hell for people. Um, yeah, I'm in a good place with where this roster is. But again, it all depends on the quarterback. Like if, if they have everything else go right, but that doesn't, we're having a different conversation. But I think it's going to go right, at least for the most part. I think he takes a big leap in year two. He showed us nothing to give us any doubts, at least going into the season. So mm-hmm. I agree. My wild card one, I mean, we basically flipped. My, my my wild card one is the Bengals. And for the reasons you basically you were saying about the Steelers, I, I think that they have, and I, I'd still say I agree with you. Like, I think they, especially offensively, they have the best roster um, in the AFC North. I think that um, I... I, I would pick them to finish second in, in, in probably by a game. I feel like that, it, like you, it's going to be close down to the wire. Who's going to win this division? And I love Joe Burrow a lot. Like I love that guy as a quarterback. And yeah, I, I think that he's going to be um, one of the best quarterbacks again in the National Football League. But despite that, I still like the Steelers over them to win the division. So that's why I'm picking them as wild card one. Uh, my wild card two. <sighs> these last two are both tough. And the reason that I actually picked, I think the seven might be a better team than the six, but because of the division that the seventh team is in, it's going to be harder for them to win more games than the sixth. I'm going the chargers as six. And I, I just, I don't know until they make any type of noise in the playoffs, especially after their collapse last year, I can't buy into it. I almost think that they have like a weird curse to them. Um, they're kind of like, I'm not saying they're there yet. They kind of remind me of like the Cowboys of the AFC. Uh, but Justin Herbert, very much an elite quarterback. Austin Eckler still on that roster. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen hopefully stays healthy. They added Quentin Johnson, who I don't necessarily love, but within that offense, I think is really good. Rashawn Slater coming back off an injury. Defensively, we'll see. I mean, Derwin James has to stay on the football field. He's one of the best safeties in football when he's out there. Joey Bosa. And uh, and Mac up front, they brought in Eric Kendricks from Minnesota, who his best years are probably behind him, but still okay. And uh, who was the corner that J.C. Jackson they paid last year and he missed most of the year? I think he got hurt in like week one or two or something like that. So we'll see if you know what happens with him. He got like eighty five million dollars in free agency. Yikes! Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the Chargers are are a playoff team, and I say that somewhat hesitantly, but I really think it's about Herbert carrying them that far. I I also have the Chargers as my wild card six. Um, oh, wow. I, okay. I, I do. I I like their the weapons that they have offensively. I think I don't I don't really have any worries about them offensively. I think that they'll they'll be able to to do some good things this season. The defense, that's where I have some more question marks. I know that the Chargers had a lot of hype. I feel was it last season going into it saying that they were going to win the division. Um yeah. and, and then it ended up being the Chiefs again. I still think there's some hype to them in the sense that like they're a good team and they are they're a playoff team, but I'm not going to pick them to win their division. Um I'm not even close to that. 
but I still think that they're going to be solid. I, I like Justin Herbert a lot. Um, and for more than just fantasy purposes, I do think he is a really good quarterback. And then, so I, yeah, I, I have them finishing second in the division, but finishing as the second wild card as well. All right. And then this last spot for me, there's a ton of teams in the mix. In my opinion here, you got the jets who we mentioned earlier, you got the Ravens, you got the Browns, I would say as well. Very good roster. You know, say what you want about the Browns, but like roster wise, probably top 12 ish in mm-hmm. the entire league. Um, you got the Dolphins, Tua stays healthy. Look at what they did last year when Tua was on the field. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody else that I'd throw in that mix. I, I know some people are are throwing the Broncos in there, and it's really just because of Sean Payton. Like, I mean, his body. Really hoping Russell Wilson turns it around. Yeah. Um, so I would say that probably ends the teams that I would even somewhat think about. I know some people still believe the Titans because of Rabel. And like I get it, that's given him a ton of credit as a coach, and he is awesome. But I I can't see it with that roster. Uh, I went with the Ravens, and I think that they are better than the Chargers. But that's why I have them as seven instead of six because I think wins are going to be a little bit tougher to come by in the AFC North and the AFC West. So the Ravens with Todd Monken coming in, I've talked about it a ton. I think Lamar can very much compete to win a second MVP within this offense. I think that we're going to see a totally different version of Lamar Jackson where people are going to be like, oh, yeah, he can throw. Remember the guy that threw 37 touchdown passes in 2018? Yeah, there he is again. Mark Andrews is in line for a big season. Love Zay Flowers coming into the draft and and don't love the landing spot. But within that offense, I think he's going to excel. We'll see if there's any gas left in OBJ's tank, but I don't really think that matters. Uh, and defensively, they're one of those defenses where it doesn't even like matter what the personnel is. Like Harbaugh just finds a way similarly to Mike Tomlin to get results. So I got the Ravens taking the final spot. We we have only one difference, and it's the fact that we have different AFC North. I really thought because, you were going to go with the Jets. No, I, I and did I did I hurt did I hurt those chances a little bit when I said I'm not buying into them earlier? Uh, at, fir- at first, at first, but then you said you still think they're going to be like okay. Yeah. You just don't know that they're going to excel in the play or what they're going to do in the playoffs because of Rogers' playoff history. So I thought, okay, he'll pick them to go into the playoffs, but that's like the seventh seed. No, legitimately, I do have the Ravens. And part of that is because I feel like they're still one of the the better teams, not just in the, the AFC North, but in the AFC in general. It's hard hard to really have a bad team in the NFC AFC North when you really look at it, especially looking at the rosters. And then that's part of the reason, like you were saying, like because of the division they're in, the wins are going to be harder to come by. It's going to be more competitive. And so I still think they're going to squeak into the playoffs, um, but they're going to be the third team in the division. But, I mean, you're talking about a division where you could order those one through four, and I could at least listen to it in either way. Like uh, maybe I, not the I Browns finishing first, but, you know, you know what I mean? Like it is it is a that competitive out of a, of a division. And I feel like it's up in the air between – the NFC East and the the AFC North for what is the best division? What's the deepest division in football? What's funny is I said, the only thing that I can't see like standings wise is the Bengals finishing fourth. Any other way yeah. that you can put them. Cause you said about the Brown, I could see a world where the Browns finish first. I don't want to see that world. I think it's right. very unlikely, but like if the Sean Watson, it does get back to like 2020 version of himself. I think it's possible with that roster. So, um, yeah, but there it is. We had the same teams, just division winner in the AFC North different. So that is really weird. Um, All right, award time. We will start with uh, we're going to have the same comeback player of the year. Like DeMar Hamlin, step on the football field. The award's yours. Don't even know why we got to do this whole song and dance, but I'm assuming you got the same. I do. I do. It is yeah. DeMar Hamlin. After everything that happened last year with that whole incident, I mean, it's the obvious pick. Yeah, don't need to spend too much time on it. Coach of the year. I mentioned this coach earlier. Uh, Doug Peterson is my coach of the year. I think the Jaguars are going to put themselves in that upper echelon of the AFC. So I got him as the coach of the year. I'm going to say Dan Campbell. Um, and I think that winning the division, that that's a big step from where he from where he took over this team to what he's building them into. I think that he's in for a big year in Detroit, and so I think that him winning the division with that roster and t- from where he took it to where they are now, um, I, I I think that he's going to win it. I really struggled um, with defensive player or defensive, I should say, 
And the reason being, I was going back and looking, is it typically guys that play edge or corner? I feel like those are the two logical spots to look at. You look at last year with Sauce Gardner, it was a corner. Aiden Hutchinson very much in the mix, though. So I was down between two players, and I think for a second straight year, it's a corner. Devon Witherspoon of the Seattle Seahawks is my pick. Ooh, I think, I think people are going to be one. throwing his way because of what Tariq Woolen showed in year one and his ability to take the ball the other way. And I think because of that, Devon Witherspoon is going to have a chance to have a very similar productive year as to what Tariq Woolen did in his rookie season. So I actually went away from both of those positions. Um, yeah. I was, this is where I, I said before we started recording, I had some, I think, fun names in, in some of these picks. I'm picking Jack Campbell, another Detroit Lion. Um, I, I think that he's going to be a big part, especially as the season progresses in the in the middle of that defense. Inside linebacker, sure, they don't they may not get the flashiness of a corner or an edge player, but I feel like that he is going to get the production. He's the best corner, at least in our opinions, going into this draft, and I, I, I like the pick for Detroit. Um, so yeah, I I, I, I had a tr- tough time struggling because I was like who is actually going to play among some of these rookies, at least a play enough to win this award. And so I looked at him and I was like, you know, let's just throw it on the wall. You know, I, I like Jack Campbell coming out of college. I think that he could see enough volume of snaps where it could be easily his. Yeah. Like Christian Gonzalez was kind of on my mind uh, for the Patriots. The other one that I considered, but I don't know how much he's going to play is Will McDonald with the jets. I really like that fit. So um, didn't end up doing it, obviously, but, uh, okay. Offensive rookie of the year. I said, before we started recording, I thought we could have one same one. This, this to me was going to be the same one. If there was going to be one Bijan Robinson. Bijan? Yeah. <laughs> I just there think, I mean, uh, you take a running back where they took him. He's going to get the ball more than anybody else. And I think within that system, while I'm not high on the Falcons as a whole, I think he's in line to have a monster season. So all, Apologies to your boy Tyler Algier, but I think Bajan yeah, Robinson true. is going to be commanding so much within that offense. I agree, and that's why I'm picking him as well. And I will say, I'll, I'll echo everything you said, but I'll also say part of me is picking Bijan not just because of the position he's playing, but I look at the other main position that would win this award in, in quarterbacks, and I don't really trust year one of Stroud, Young, or Anthony Richardson to really excel to the point where they're going to be better than Bijan is going to look. Um, so mm-hmm. while the positional value of a quarterback would be higher to pick, I, I feel like where how much volume Bijan is going to get in this offense is going to be the clear-cut winner. Well, last year was a receiver, Garrett Wilson. So I, I considered receivers too. There's just not there's not one for me. Like Jackson Smith and Jigba's coming into the season dealing with a wrist injury. Jordan I mentioned Jordan Justin Jefferson. Like yeah, I, I mentioned I mentioned that I thought like he was in a good spot, but yeah, I, I still can't see it. I think he's a good spot f- for where he's playing in his career, but I don't think he's a good spot to win a type of award like that. Yeah, uh, offensive player of the year last year, Justin Jefferson who we just mentioned, won the award. I'm sticking with the position, and I'm coming within the AFC North to Jamar Chase to win Offensive Player of the Year, uh, unfortunately. I just I think it's time for him to really be that guy and seen in that way. Uh, it's funny because remember his rookie year training camp or whatever, he was having like issues with drops and stuff like that. Yeah. We were like, oh, no. And also, I mean, I think that especially like, with Burrow getting hurt the year before and the offensive line issues they had down the stretch. I don't think it was with no credence that people were talking about. They shouldn't have drafted Jamar Chase and should have taken like Panay Soul or somebody like that. But that was a big conversation too. But Jamar Chase has turned into an absolute superstar. One of the, I don't know, three, four best at his position in the entire league. And I think yeah. within the structure that offense is really due to blow up this year. So he's my pick for offensive player of the year. I'm sticking with the position but I'm shifting to the AFC East. I'm going with Tyreek Hill. Um, I think that despite me not picking them as a playoff team, I think he is going to have such an offensive, a huge offensive production year, despite the team not being as good as what some people may hope. Um, I feel like he's, he is poised to have another 1800 plus yard season. And 
And even with Jalen Waddle there, I still feel like he gets his anytime he gets the ball in his hands. I feel like it's going to be a 50 yard reception. It, it just, he just has that uh, that that vibe about him when I watch him play. Um, but yeah, I'm going with receiver as well. Just different player. Um, that brings us to defensive player of the year. I don't like the Parsons. I just think he does way too much within that Dallas defense. He's going to pile up the sacks. He's also going to force some fumbles, probably have a pick or two, ton of tackles, like just does so much. And I think the most versatile chess piece on defense that we have in this league. So uh, Micah Parsons is my guy. I'm going with uh, an AFC guy. I'm actually going with the defensive rookie of the year last year. I'm going with Soft Gardner. I, oh, wow. I what a I'm wow to it to go from defensive rookie to defensive player of the year that's that's what a two year run yeah I I think that he was great last year I think he's going to get even um even more interceptions than what he did last year I think he only had the two last year I'm predicting yeah. this this dude's gonna have like nine on the season so I I'm thinking high volume of interceptions I a very big splash play guy. Is he's going to be a lockdown corner in New York? I'm not going to say he's another Rivas Island, but they have another lockdown corner up in in New York. Or I guess I shouldn't say New Jersey. Neither of those teams yeah. actually play in New York. I like it. And finally, MVP. Where I actually made a video about this on my personal channel. So if you've seen that already, you're, I'm not spoiling anything here. But I have a bet on this as well. I got Doug Peterson winning Coach of the Year. I got his quarterback Trevor Lawrence winning MVP. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly um, who I have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think when you look at the Jaguars, if they are going to go to the places that I think they're going to go to, I think it's going to be on the back of Trevor Lawrence. And I think that he took a massive step in year two. And I think he's going to be even better in year three when you talk about some of the additions they've made within that offense uh, with, with Calvin Ridley getting him a tackle when Anton Harrison. We'll see how early he gets on the field. Travis Etienne, I'll tell you what, I kind of like the other back they got there too in Tank Bigsby. I think he's going to play a nice role for them and be what they wanted James Robinson to be complimenting uh, Etienne. So Christian Kirk, nice year. Zay Jones is a good player. Uh, Evan Ingram's back in the fold as well, getting extended there. I think, you know, Doug Peterson is your coach. I think Trevor Lawrence has all the ingredients there to, to have a massive year. So. I got yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that when you look at the additions of Calvin Ridley and then what they already had offensively that they're bringing back, you mentioned Evan Ingram. I think that he could be due for another big year um, because he saw a little, a little bit of a revival, um, it, it, at least with his statistics of what he was able to do from his last year in New York to what his first year in, in Jacksonville was. I, I think Trevor Lawrence is looking for a huge year, like 4,500 plus yards. And yeah, I agree. I, I, I also have him as my MVP. If, and if this says anything, this just shows that we've been doing this show a long time and we tend to think a lot of the same yeah. ways. Not always. Well, there was some. If you had to say, if you had to say somebody else, who would you say? Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I mentioned when I was talking <laughs> about him, I think he could have like a similar 2018. In my head, I was between Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. And Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that, that's is, the three that I'm because man. I just I feel like there's going to be voter fatigue with Mahomes. Yeah. And I think it I just I think he's going to still be within that conversation. Like Mahomes would but, have to do something, I feel like astronomically big. Like I don't even know what he could do. Throw for six thousand mm -hmm. yards? Like yeah. <laughs> he he'd have like and, and he very may well win it. Like, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I feel like other people are going to, to to improve drastically compared to what Mahomes has already been doing year in and year out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, this was a longer episode. We got a lot of predictions in there, but last thing before we get out of here, Super Bowl. Who do we got? Not a huge. I don't really have a much of an explanation for this. I am going Chiefs from the AFC. It's it's listen. I want to. I want to say Steelers. I want to even just say someone different <laughs> for fun, but it's yeah. hard to pick against the Chiefs whenever they're in the AFC. But the, what I will say is, I am picking probably a a very sleeper pick, and I'm picking the New York Giants. I think they are going to find a way into the Super Bowl. Wow, 
Okay. All right. Well, you don't have to worry about us having the same thing there. Yeah. Um, I got the Eagles representing the NFC, as I kind of alluded to earlier. I think they're in a great spot to just run it back. Um, from the AFC, it's a little bit tougher. I think there's a conversation between like four teams who it could be. And it's hard not to just say the Chiefs, like right. you said. Um, but I don't love the idea that already Travis Kelsey's dealing with an injury. I'm not saying it's going to lead to anything bigger down the stretch or that Mahomes can't carry them, even if something does happen. Look, Mahomes won the Super Bowl last year on one leg, basically. So because of his ankle. Um, but I'm going to say that finally some of these questions that we've had about them in the playoffs get answered. I'm going Eagles and Bills in the Super Bowl. Bills finally make it. Bills finally get that deep run that you were talking about. But they still don't win because the Eagles are going to beat them in the Super Bowl. Man, I just got to say, like, I don't know what it was, but this is going to sound so dumb, but I'm just like, the Giants are due. I mean, they they won a couple with Eli. They're, 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 they're due. And I feel like I mean, they, listen. I have no happens, logical reason. If you want actual analytical reasoning as to why I'm picking them, I have none. I'm just, but but that's the thing. It. When it comes to the playoffs, it's silly season and weird stuff happens. So, mm-hmm. I, I I just. I mean, if it happens, happens, you're go. You might be the only person that includes any New York Giants fan that has this. So, and I'm on record. We'll this is going yeah. to be on YouTube. This is going to be on Spotify. On record, yeah. New York Giants in the Super Bowl. All right. Well. Let's get out of here. Um, as Tyler mentioned at the beginning of the show, the links are in the description for Rocking Around the 412 Year 6, as well as Everything Custom Designs. Check out both those. Donate to the cause if you can. We want to bring Christmas to as many kids in the 724 and 412 areas as we possibly can. That includes individual families, kids from those families, as well as the East Rochester Salvation Army's Angel Tree, which we started partnering with. Last year, we donated there. This year, we were like, okay, let's, if we're, we want to keep doing this. We want to keep doing this in Dalton's name, Isla and Taylor are going to be involved every single year going forward with it. So we're really excited to be doing that. But given as many kids uh, the Christmas that they deserve and the ones that Tyler and I were fortunate enough to have. So we're excited to continue to do that. Follow us on all of our socials. Like, subscribe right here on YouTube. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss a video like this one or as the time of recording this, the next couple of days when we put out the Penguins and Pirates episodes as well. I promise they won't be as long as this one. I can guarantee that. Uh, I couldn't, I guaranteed and really didn't live up to it with Tyler and I having many different predictions, but I can guarantee those episodes won't be as long as this one was. Uh, for Tyler, for Smitty, this has been Around the 412, and we will see you on the other video of ours that you're about to go click on and watch. Until then, bye bye <laughs>